Welcome to Positive Disintegration, a path to authenticity. In this quick bite episode, Chris and I are talking about Giftapalooza 2024, which will be on February 1st to 4th. Chris and I will be presenting together for the first time, so we're going to cover what we're going to be talking about, what will be on at Giftapalooza, and also how what we're doing at Giftapalooza will tie in with the Dabrowski 2024 Congress. We chat about how this presentation will be a little bit different to other things that have been presented before, how we'll be repping the theory, and also provide you with our affiliate link so you can join us at Giftapalooza 2024. And if you enjoy this conversation, stick around at the end because we have a few outtakes for you. Hello, lovely listeners. Welcome to Positive Disintegration. I'm Emma Nicholson. I'm Dr. Chris Wells. And Chris, today we're talking about Giftapalooza. That's right. Giftapalooza is a four-day conference hosted by Dr. Mike Postma and his wife, Julie, who run a company called Gifted and Thriving. So the conference is for of like all types of people in the gifted community, from parents to educators to gifted adults. It'll be good. I'm I'll admit that I haven't actually participated in the past. This is the third one. But I wanted to last year. It just conflicted with something I had to do. And so this year, instead of trying to do a session by myself, I thought it would be fun to invite you and for us to bring our work together to the Gift of Palooza audience. And we've never presented together before, so this is going to be a heap of fun. That's right. I think it will be a heap of fun. I mean, I love recording podcast episodes with you, so surely presenting at an online conference will be fun too. It'll be good practice for the Congress, where we'll be doing a workshop together. It will. It will be good practice. Um, And it'll be nice to, as you say, be working together on something else other than the, the podcast. And I know too, when you present, you know, when you're doing it by yourself, there's a bit of nerves involved and and sometimes it helps to have someone holding your hand. That's right. It does. Um, I wanted to share the, like, it's kind of, I didn't mean for us to have a title that was so similar to the conference theme. I swear that I did not see what the theme was going to be when I came up with our title. Or I should say so we came up with our title. Um, hang on, I'm, I'm still looking. The theme is Navigating an Uncertain Future, Cultivating and Nurturing Hope in the Gifted Community. Our title is Navigating the Tides of Change, Positive Disintegration and Gifted Adults. So, you know. (laughs) At least we're on theme, right? (laughs) We're on theme. We're on theme. There's more than 45 speakers. I think there's five keynotes. Um, And like we said, it's virtual. It's February 1st to the 4th. And they kindly gave us, they gave us an afternoon block of time so that you don't have to get up at like four o'clock in the morning. morning. Yeah, I was going to say, that's mostly kindness to me, I think. Yes, um, but it I was. appreciate it. And there's going to be panels and stuff, right? Yeah, not only are there going to be presenters, but there'll be panels as well. There's like a homeschool panel and um, an expert panel. We have an affiliate link. So if you want to sign up for Gift of Palooza, we would extra appreciate it if you could use the link that we provide in the show notes. Or if you see us share the link on social media, please use our link so that we get profits from this because 
this is my full-time work and I work for donations, which honestly is another part of why this was an appealing option for me because I don't have another day job. This is my work. And so it's unusual to get paid for a conference um, if you're not a keynote, <laughs> you know, and like when I presented an AGC, I have to pay to go. Yeah, and I mean, we, we do appreciate everybody's support. So, you know, look out for the, the link if you are interested in attending. Right. And it should be good because we were talking about the fact that it covers like three different areas. So there's like education, social and emotional needs, and mental and physical health. Um, and obviously we're going to be there repping the theory. That's right. We'll be there repping the theory and talking about how to navigate positive disintegration if you're a gifted adult. And if you're the parent of a gifted child, this conference is especially for you. There's a session called Finding Hope, Healing and Joy in the Journey, Raising Gifted and Neurodiverse Children. Dr. Joy Lawson Davis will be talking about effective partnership building with culturally diverse families and organizations to improve outcomes for culturally diverse, gifted, neurodiverse uh, students. So, you know, there's definitely some educational-oriented ones. Um, like I said, homeschooling is represented. There's a session on college planning. You know, they're talking about, like, gifted and 2E kids especially. The closing keynote is from Dr. Tracy Cross, Psychological Well-Being of Students with Gifts and Talents. And I can tell you, I went to uh, a session with Tracy Cross at NAGC in 2021 and his wife, Jennifer, and they were talking about suicide and gifted gifted learners and it was so powerful and poignant i mean these people have really done a lot of work in this area and so i mean know that there's a lot of high quality sessions and we're excited to present together it'll be fun so it's basically like a one-stop shop for gifted people to kind of you know meet people like themselves find out information that's relevant to them um and that kind of segues nicely into something I was going to talk to you about because we're going to be talking about positive disintegration. And I know at NAGC, this is something that you touched on in your presentation there, is that this theory, it's not only for the gifted, more people can benefit from it, but why does it specifically relate to this population? Well, gifted individuals tend to have you know, a more intense experience of life especially the ones who have overexcitabilities. And, you know, I would say that the majority, it's pretty clear to me from my research that most gifted individuals have overexcitability, but they don't all. But the ones who do, and especially the ones who have multiple types of overexcitability, um, tend to go through disintegration as children. You know, we've talked about experiencing dynamisms when we were kids. And so our goal for this conference is to go in to share where the connections are with giftedness, what this experience looks like throughout the lifespan, really, because, you know, I mean, it's not like you can only look at where you are from the lens of adulthood. I mean, we all have these lives that got us here, right? And so, well, I mean, one thing that connects gifted people with the theory is like early existential concerns. And I think you're on point there because a lot of the guests that we've had on the podcast talk about how much the theory resonates with them and then they have this lens to look back at what they've experienced. I know that's you, our experience too, both of us 
have found the theory really helpful in understanding our journey and how we got here because we've talked about this before. It's more than a theory. It's a thing that you experience. So even when you don't understand what it is, you're going through it regardless. And I think that's why it's important for us to go and talk about this. And we've talked about, you know, finding the needles in the humanity haystack before and giving them the tool that they can use then to help themselves. So we're going to a place where arguably there's going to be a big collection of needles that maybe don't know their needles or can't explain what they've been through because they don't have the language or the framework to hang their experiences on. And I think that's why it's important for us to go because, you know, you're right, Nebraska said that your people particularly in the overexcitable population, you know, or creative and talented are going to go through this stuff. And so it's important for us to go there with the language and the framework and the lens and that mirror, you know, through through our experiences for them to say, hey, that's what I went through or that's what I'm going through now. And I think that's the gift that we're bringing to gift a palooza. I agree. And I'm glad that you you brought this up actually because you're reminding me that one of the reasons why I wanted to do this conference is because I'm so used to talking to academics and to doing conferences like NHEC, right? Or like whatever ones, even the Dorowski Congress used to be like a really academic conference. I would argue that we're trying to change that this time and we're be and to bring this to the needles, like you said. Like if there's one thing that's really clear to me. It's that it's important to talk about the theory and how it looks, regardless of even whether you're using the language gifted, but to just talk about these experiences because people see themselves in it. We know that we provide good mirroring for the gifted population to some extent, right? Like that's pretty clear. So this is just another opportunity to bring our work to to lay people who need it. And trust me, I am going to remember that and I'm going to try for once to not be academic in my approach to giving a presentation, but to talk about how to navigate this, like as somebody with lived experience who can tell you how to navigate it and not worry and like leave by, leave the citations behind to some extent. Leave the but, books at home, Chris. Well, like, I mean, but like, no, they're there, right? Like everything I'm saying, it, I mean, trust that you can always say to me, why do you think that, Chris? And I will tell you and give you the citations to support why I think this. But or if lacking citations, some other evidence. Um, sometimes it's from my own journals. You know, I mean, I have my own research I've done. I think that's what's going to be good about us doing this as a double act, though, because I'll be there with zero academia in my blood. Yawn. Come on, mate, we can do this. That's hilarious. We can be normal people. We can be the word normal normal, people. Yeah, I mean, define that. Lay people. But I I think that's going to be one of our focuses as well is not just, you know, saying theory, theory, theory. Uh, We're going to be talking about our experiences because, you know, after doing all this stuff with the podcast, we know about the importance of mirrors and applicability as well. People, you know, you give them a bit of theory. It's like, well, show me an example of that. It's like we are two examples plus, you know, we have all the people that we talk to. So it'll be nice practice. It will be good practice for the Congress. Because the theme's living the theory. So 
we get to think about how we're going to talk about this from a lived experience perspective and not from a citation perspective. So, yeah, my plans for post for January, I still have to do Michael's work by decade, but I'm only going to do one a month because I don't want everybody to burn out on reading too much about Michael. No offense, Michael, but I have other stuff I have to write about too. And one thing is dynamisms. And my approach to writing about the dynamisms is going to be to give you what I believe are examples from my own life and make sense of periods of disintegration. And one of them is episode eight, surviving disintegration. You know, we talked about when I was 21 and it ended up in these two suicide attempts. And I want to do kind of a, like a, a review of that period for my journals and to share the excerpts that like I talked about when we were recording that episode. And that'll naturally lead me to talk more about what Dabrowski said about dynamisms and all of that will be good preparation for Gift of Palooza. So, you know, it's going to be kind of a synthesis of everything I do this month. Not, I mean, and obviously everything I've done to this point. Mm. Which, which is interesting you bring that up because sometimes when we talk about dynamisms, like particularly when I'm trying to write about them, I'm always coming to you and saying, is this correct? And sometimes we find that we experience them in different ways, which is also a cool aspect of us doing this together because then we get to say, well, you could experience the dynamism this way, but then also there's another way to to do it, which was particularly true of, so when we were talking about astonishment in oneself, I wrote about it one way because I'd experienced it more as a positive kind of thing um, because that was the period of my life that I was kind of leaving behind me. But you then brought up went, no, it doesn't necessarily have to be a positive feeling. You can have it in a negative way. So I think it's good for us to collaborate on this because we can show various sides of how that actually applies and plays out. Totally. And yeah, I mean, what's interesting is when you brought up those examples, it was like you were astonished with doing better, you know, and seeing like where you were in your life, I think. And I have examples of that too. But when I think of astonishment as a dynamism that moved me to where I am now, it's like being astonished by something not good. And that's what I'm going to give examples of from 1994. <laughs> you know, I mean, these things, it was like a shock to realize that I was, you know, experiencing like panic attacks and just going through things that I hadn't, I hadn't before, you know, and I was like experiencing phobias and stuff and I had never had that. And so it was shocking to me, like what I was going through and I wrote about it. So that's a different kind of astonishment than what you described and what I was experiencing was also mixed with unilevel dynamisms. And so I'll talk about that. Yeah. So, and my experience of it was more because I'd left a shit relationship where I was being controlled a lot um, and I was doing things that I knew made me uncomfortable and I knew were not you know, authentic for me. And then I got into a space where I was free of that and I was able to act more in alignment with who I was and went, oh, maybe I'm not such a shithead, you know, maybe I'm not such a nasty person and was able to actually pleasantly surprise myself in a more genuine way. So, you know, depending on where you are in your life and your circumstances, sometimes these things play out a little differently. They do. And there's actually a lot to be figured out around this, you know, and I think that what's 
going to be so important in the next, I don't know, decade of my life maybe is to bring lived experience to our understanding of dynamisms and work with case material like Michael has, but in a different way. You know, I mean, I just know that I'm meant to collect and analyze data from a different perspective than him. You know, a lot of Michael's work was with moral exemplars. And this is a conversation that I, I kind of tried to have with him recently, I think, where I said, you know, your work was exploring like the highest reaches of development and like these incredible exemplars. And my work, I think, is more to talk about what positive disintegration looks like, people who are not at that level and the people who are really struggling and stuck and need to get out of it. And so that's what I hope to bring to life from the periods of my life when I thought I was mentally ill. Yes. My my experience of this is I can tell you what these dynamisms look like from the perspective of having been a real shithead at times and not being the complete opposite to an exemplar. Yeah, I think that people would be shocked with what I was like when I was young. And this is the whole point of inner transformation is that, I mean, I am a different person than I was when I was young and I'm multiple different people from that person at this point. And I expect to continue growing and I'll be somebody else you know, well, I'll be somebody else tomorrow or next week too. I mean, I'm I'm always trying to do better. Which I, th- I think is part of the the potency of the message that we're going to take to give to Palooza is it's not giftedness isn't all kittens and cake and roses and unicorn farts. Sometimes it's ah! <laughs> having absolutely no idea about who you're supposed to be and and feeling like a failure and you know imposter syndrome and all that stuff that we see coming up repeatedly not just with us but with others you know existential dread and feeling like you don't have a grip on shit so you know for us to go in there and be able to talk about intensities and psychological tension uh, and how you experience dynamisms i think that's going to speak to people Um, in more ways than a lot of us want to admit. And it's funny because I was just cutting another podcast before I came in here and we were talking about, it was talking about gothic novels and how sometimes you need to see the darkness in order to have some appreciation and knowledge of what the light looks like. And I think you, you can't always talk about being gifted or going through positive disintegration or overexcitabilities or dynamism or any of that stuff from a completely rosy lens. Sometimes you've got to dig into the shit because people are feeling that way sometimes, whether or not they want to share that. And we've always talked about the whole, you know, you're not broken, you're not alone. Um, and hopefully we can take that message with us in February. I know we will. And yeah, we're looking forward to it. It'll be fun. Yes. As I say in Star Wars, come to the dark side. We have cookies. It'll be fun. <laughs> it will. We'll put the links in the show notes, Um, the link to join, anything else that's relevant when I go to <laughs> do the show notes. Who knows what things were said? Yeah, I yes. think good. I feel like this came out. I, we did a good job. So I, I feel like people will want to come. <laughs> I, I hope people will want to come. Um, And if you do, click the affiliate link. We appreciate your support. And Chris, thanks for joining me. It's always a pleasure. Thank you, Emma. And thank you, listeners. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate you. We do. It'll be nice practice for the Dabrowski Congress. Shh, again.
it'll be nice practice for the Debras. The, the fuck. Um, it'll be. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> oh, if this ever makes outtakes, Chris is just shoving a stuffed monkey in my face in the camera. I forgot that we could do outtakes. That would be hilarious. Oh, shit, dude. What else do I want to say about Gift of Palooza? <laughs> now she's like flipping me off. That is so funny. I didn't do this on purpose, but my plan for posts and just. It's <laughs> just going to say, December. As if that was. As if that Good was on you, month. Dr. Seuss. Try to remember the 1st of October. Uh, joining me, it's always a pleasure. Thank you, Emma. I'm sorry that I was laughing and, you know, sticking monkeys in your face. <laughs> Continue your path to authenticity through the links in the show notes. Subscribe to our Substack newsletter for stacks of cool things delivered straight to your inbox. Explore the Dabrowski Centre, email us, or join us on social media. And don't forget to show your love by liking, subscribing, grabbing some positive disintegration merch or leaving us a rating or review on your podcast platform. 